0: a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, I've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. welcome to the video nasties podcast my name is christopher brown when people talk about the video there's some films they may have in mind which actually aren't on the 72 list uh, texas chainsaw massacre springs to mind as does this film extra from 1982 a british alien rip-off it's understandable even now, when you look at it with its fifteen certificates, as it, has, as it has now been got, been received, that the the film would give the impression that it is nasty. It is, after all, quite scuzzy. Um, it's got some really what the fuck kind of uh, shock moments in it, and um, and because it's it throws loads of stuff at the screen. It's kind of got a cult reputation now, despite being absolutely slaughtered on its release. Tony's father has been away a long time. Now he's coming home. Extro has returned. Once a man, he is now something more than human, indestructible, ever-changing, evil. His mission, to avenge, to possess, to destroy. Why did you come back? I came back for you. If you think hard about something, you can make it happen. extraterrestrials aren't friendly, from New Line Cinema. It's not surprising, A, if it's called Status, and, and B, that people took to a gin to it. Um, mainly because um, the film itself is quite, uh, from a plot point of view, it's fairly, fairly slight. It's a story of a man who disappears, and... Um, whose son believes he's, like, you know, something weird's gone on and there's been some kind of alien issue. And then, after that, um, he returns back to the family stead years later. Um, and obviously, something's gone on. And it's clear that there's some alien palaver. And, I mean, you know, there's no, like, is he, isn't he, kind of uh, indicator. Because he is birthed out of a woman, who's been attacked by an unusual alien-looking thing. And that's, like, basically the end of the first act, that birthing scene. There's all sorts of um, bits and bobs flying around. We see uh, Mariam Dabo, who's probably best known as a Bond girl from the Living Daylight, um, cavorting around naked. There's uh, a man gets attacked by... Uh, a black panther, seemingly for, for no reason. There's um, a scene with um, psychic abilities where a, a a nasty neighbor is attacked by a human-sized toy soldier. And a toy clown becomes like a human servant of this alien malevolent force. And that's just... Bits of the film. <laughs> the movie was co-produced by uh, Robert Shea, who is better known for films like uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street and The Lord of the Rings trilogy and New Line f- Pictures. Um, he, um, he, what he was after was uh, a film with lots of moments that would catch the attention and something that would sit Closer to something like Phantasm, for example, with like lo- loads of like unusual uh, kind of almost psyche psychedelic kind of kind of touches. I mean psychedelic in a ultra um, kind of way, rather than a, you know a psych music in kind a of sense. I suppose no moog. Oh, well, there's quite a bit of symphony, but no, 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 no moog as such in, the, in terms of the soundtrack. I mean, clearly, as you can probably guess. The film is a a quite blatant um, alien ripoff, and the early '80s and late '70s were littered with such things. Movies like, you know, Galaxy of Terror Uh, Um, to name one of of many, um, you know, films where the the cast um, are kind of sucked into some kind of um, violent, uh, malevolent uh, alien that just wants to eat them. In extra, um. I, it's a little bit more fam- familial um family based um and of course set in um, quite dank uh uk uh countryside with the uh, that kind of washed out grays that we we always see in those kind of movies we see for example uh, Ber- uh, there's also um a number of uh, character actors that maybe uh, are um, familiar to you. So we have Staggers, who's the Liverpool actress who appeared in Macabre from 1980 um, and also appears in all sorts of stuff, um, like some, some smaller parts in bigger films, like Four Wednesday and a Funeral and uh, Sky Bandits. And Philip Steyer, who, uh, again, is probably best known for, for, probably for this, but appeared in all sorts of TV and films throughout the years, everything from Van der Valk in the seventies through to various playhouse uh, films for, for, for you know, TV movies. And uh, it also appears in The Hunger. Um, and, um, but, you know, really also known for, for stage. It kind of gives the film a, a very, British feel to it in truth um, rather than, for example, say uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't carry the the gloss of something like Alien, even though you know, obviously both feature prominent British actors in it and of course the, the Alien itself somewhat betrays the movie's low-budget themes. This is certainly considerably better in terms of um, those themes than Prey, the film we spoke about a few weeks ago, which was very much around you know, quite simple um, makeup effects and quite um, quite a lot of light effects. Although we do have uh, people standing in fields with lights being beamed at them to give the impression of alien spaceships rather than you know, paying for alien spaceships. And the film itself really works at its best in terms of wrong foot in the audience, making you feel um, confused and uncomfortable because um, you're not sure what's going on. Um, Originally, the film was meant to feature, um, at the end, um, loads of clones of our uh, humanoid who had been... um, hatched from eggs, but the effects weren't good enough apparently. And so now when we watch Extra, we see a replacement ending which kind of replaces the uh, the rather downbeat woman in the field ending that, that they got in New York in 1983 where uh, the woman's just attacked by the monster at the end, which makes sense, to be fair although that monster itself is not a looker. So the film was shot around South East England um, on, a, on a low budget but uh, there was a, um, a deal with New Line Cinema to release theatrically in the United States um, and indeed the film itself um, despite getting some pretty savage reviews including uh, Roger Ebert calling the film ugly and despairing um, and declares that the film itself uh, it's movies like this that gives movies a bad name and I think his, his aggressive um, attack on the film, it's pretty much down to the fact that the movie um, um, is a is, you know is is, 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 is deliberately so. It's, it does touch points. You know what I mean. So you see a bit of nudity. Um, there's the gore, and then there's the really weird stuff like the, the birthing scene, and all of it together is it, you know can feel a bit of an attack on the on the viewer, probably deliberately so. But um while. Um, you would certainly say that uh, you know it is uh, low, low, low budget, and, and, and such kind of a not not the highest quality of cinematic uh, excellence. It's um, it it works to a point, which is why obviously it's got this cult appeal, and indeed two sequels as well. The director Harry Bromley Davenport uh, made one uh, one sequel in um, nineteen ninety and another one in 1995. Um, neither film had anything to do with the original, and in the past he had said of an interest that he wanted, wanted to return back to these extra roots and kind of make a fourth film, which um, reflected the, um, you know, the, how, how that original made you feel. Romney Davenport um, certainly, I think, gives the impression of a man who's happy with the film results, um, was possibly surprised that it works as well as it did. Um he had in the past um made a film called Whispers of Fear, which doesn't really get a lot of viewing, and co-wrote the screenplay to the Horns of Good Julia from 1977. It's extra that really gave him his biggest cinematic success. And um in the, has also made um well in 2001. He made uh, "Mockingbird Don't Sing" with uh, Sean Young in it about a uh, about a modern day feral child, which is um, uh, not as exploitative, shall we say, as the uh, as the film we're discussing tonight. Um, unfortunately, I think uh, he sees himself that uh, the film um, kind of followed him, uh, and you know, even making the start in the world of exploitation has kind of carried through with him to to, to now, even though. You know, we can talk about lots of movie makers that in the past um, started with exploitation-making and, and didn't end up, you know, typecast as a, as a, a maker of, um, of vicious horror films or whatever it may be. The film was actually co-made by um, Mark Forstater, um, who is probably best known again for producing um, Monty Python the Holy Grail, rather than extra in truth. So when... Let's look at X-stroke generally then. Um, a film I think that it's easy to dismiss, easy to dis- dismiss because it 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 is by its very nature, you know, a an alien rip off. It's designed to be to make you feel, uh, you know, it's designed to kind of tick boxes. Um, it, in, in the same way, and I mentioned Galaxy of Terror before, a film which is central element is uh, a woman being raped by a, an alien and um, this kind of has similar kind of uh, not featuring rape um, similar kind of ideals that it what it's designed to do is to um, you know throw, throw the shocks up and, uh, and, and, and and tick the box and do the job in this case with a film like that um with these kind of shocking scenes and particular, obviously the birthing scene, as we've already mentioned, but also just generally it feels, and apparently this, this is true with this, this scene with the Black Panther that attacks, although it doesn't make sense. And a lot of the stuff, particularly as the film goes on, doesn't really make sense as it kind of merges between what, you know, this, this psychic power stuff, you know, why, you know, clowns that come to life and two soldiers that kill people and all that kind of stuff. It, feels part of a, a different movie rather than an icky, gross-out horror film. So the, the film was um, released in the UK in, um, as a pre-cut um, VHS in 1983 under UK Spectrum. So the spectrum video was seized, as we've said, um, in the Manchester, Birmingham, and Newcastle. Hence the reason why it's kind of notorious as a non-nasty nasty. But um, the films were passed. Unc- you know, the film had been passed uncut for cinema release, and as such, were returned without being uh, banned or burnt. This version of the film is. Um, that um, was seized um, is the one that features her just kind of collapsing in the field. Um, again, was released in the UK a number of times, nineteen ninety eighty seven, sorry, in VHS, ninety two in VHS, twenty eighteen. It was released in both versions um, uh, with the you know this jump out scare and the other one, um, and then in America. Again, we can see a, 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 a you know various releases, um, including a, a two thousand and five R one DVT. In Germany, there's a, an extended version as well. All of which feature, you know, biff, it's a variations on whether she gets killed by the, <laughs> by the egg or not, basically. So there, there are lots of different versions at the moment. As I said, I think last week, um, you know, you can get it on Amazon Prime if you just want to give it a go, Um, you know, for a couple of quid as a rental. Uh, I would recommend it. Um, It's not the best, most perfect film in the world, but what it does do, it it does extremely well, and it it has a real feel of early eighties curio, something that a lot of the films on the nasties list don't have. Um, They, they just kind of are offensive or are you know just just slash a movies whereas this at least with this um, despite its almost druggy kind of uh, logic processes it uh, drives to do more with with, with its subject matter it it's it's interesting it's generally interesting and um, if you can kind of buy into its um, strangeness it kind of do, it does um, it does reward you. His daddy comes back and eats Harry's eggs and so forth and so on in a depressing and completely cheerless exercise that leads to an utterly hopeless conclusion. It'd either go to a monster movie because it was good or maybe because it was entertaining trash, but extra doesn't even qualify as acceptable trash. Absolutely. I'm sitting here trying to figure out, now, which was the most disgusting scene in this picture? Mm-hmm. The one where the father eats the uh, snake eggs? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Down I don't arms. think that was really? the worst. I'd have to say where you see the birth of a man out of a woman's womb. Anyway, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, please do my email address is Videonasties at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter it's at orange underscore monkey, or you can go to thelasthorrorpodcast.com or videonastiespodcast.com and leave messages on any of the um, the articles and I'll get back to you. Apologies for the delay in getting this out. As you probably guessed, although I've spent a lot of time saying I'm uh, I'm ahead of myself, I am no longer ahead of myself and I got uh, got caught out this weekend and not a lot of time on my hands. So we'll try and continue to kind of get stuff out as, as frequently as we can, but obviously we can't guarantee anything. Uh, next week, we're back in slasher territory uh, with final exam from 1981. Um, yeah, which is mid-tier slasher territory, in truth. So till then, take care. I'll speak to you soon. seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too <laughs> much how, how can you judge on a video nasty, oh, a seen one? i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film